Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hello, Emily. Collaborate and listen. I'm on the mic and I'm <laughs> No, not. just stop. You said stop. And then that's all that popped into my head. That's right. I did Vanilla do that, ice. didn't I? Mm-hmm. But see, everybody who's listening didn't hear me say no. stop. Because so I just cut. sound like I just wanted to collaborate and listen. But that is kind of what we're doing today. This, we are collaborating and we are going to listen. We're going to listen. And I got to be honest, it's we haven't done this in a while. It's, like yeah. we're in the middle of a series on abuse, but this series was recorded like a month ago. Yeah. And so we've kind of had a month off, and so we're going to have to learn how to be podcast people again. That's right. But I'm glad to be here with you. I am too. I'm super excited to be joined today by our friends who you've heard before. If you've listened to the Jesus at Love podcast, if you follow us on social media, you know of our friends at Refit. So welcome Angela, Catherine, and Emily to the show. Yay! Insert yay. studio applause. Yay, yay, yay. Um, <laughs> We are talking today because they, you know, as we're wrapping up this series on abuse, um, we what we didn't talk about, we kind of alluded to in several different episodes in our series, but we didn't really devote a full podcast to spiritual abuse. And Catherine, Emily, and Angela just came out with a two-parter on a very, a very close bird's eye view of a situation of spiritual abuse and they break it down from kind of a macro level view of kind of their backgrounds and they go into kind of each of their own spiritual journeys and kind of their upbringing and their faith formation and then this incident happened. Well, and I want to jump in here and simply say, if you if you've been listening to this series, you hopefully have picked up on what we've tried to do, which is give you an expert on a specific piece of abuse, so yes. physical abuse, mental abuse, things like that. And then we've tried to bring to you a survivor of that specific right. abuse sector. Today, yes. it's going to be all of it together. Yeah, it really is all of it together. So I I remember back to a podcast when we had Jay Stringer on and he talked about the abuse of power. And we talked a little bit about spiritual abuse. I know Dan and Becky Allender, we were talking about sexual abuse. And then there was a moment with Becky where there was a priest situation. So we talked a little bit. But this, like, if you are listening right now, you are about to hear of a situation that could not be more explicit in terms of what spiritual abuse looks like, like, on the ground, in action. Like part of me not, wants... Cannot even deny it. Part of me wants to tell you to stop, go back to Apple Podcast mm-hmm. and research uh, f- uh, Finding Fit. Mm-hmm. And that's our friends, Refit, Cappy, Angela, Emily. 
and listen to the two-part episode on spiritual abuse yeah. and then come back to us yeah. and listen to this conversation and so that it all makes sense. And if you can't listen, didn't dedicate two hours to y'all's podcast, I would say listen to the second episode I would for this situation. Concur. But it, both of them are great for context. But the second one is when we get into what we're going to talk about now. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so guys, welcome. How are you today? Hi. Hello. We're doing well. Yeah. We love being with you guys. Yeah. So we're well, a good start to the day. Why don't we do this? Why don't you, Cappy, give us a quick snapshot of Refit, what you guys do in the world. Just give us your elevator pitch. Wow. Thanks, Brett. I can't <laughs> wait to do this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so Angela, Emily, and myself about 10 years ago, Started a fitness revolution. Jazzercise? Uh, it's called Refit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're their own brand, baby. Is uh, Jazzercise a brand? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Trademarked a... I thought it was brand. a style of... Clothing? Well, it did it have that. It was that. like aerobics. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's its own brand. Yeah. Right. No, I thought it was like... <laughs> right. Yeah. Like weightlifting. A f- like a fitness format. Mm. A, a style of Like aerobics. Yoga. I thought it was like yoga. yoga. <laughs> it's like yoga. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we started a fitness company ten years ago, and I would say that the our kind of unique spin is that we really are all about community. That it's community first, fitness second, and that our transformation occurs from people being transformed from the inside out, not from the outside in. Which is, you know, the fitness world is very externally focused and our take on it and who we are authentically in the space is, Hey, let's love you and deal with your fears and deal with, you know, whatever's going on. And then your the outside will work itself out. Mm-hmm. What I love about what you guys do is it's like a no shame kind of deal. It's, I mean, so their headquarters is a block from our headquarters and on the outside of your building, it says everybody matters. Like everybody, everybody belongs. belongs. So like my stature and mm-hmm. Emily Mills's stature and everybody can go in mm-hmm. there. Now mm-hmm. I have never done that. You need you to. Should. I keep saying I'm going to, but. Come on. You belong. 2021. Okay. Okay. We'll consider it. I think last time we had this conversation. Um, so We'll yeah. wait and listen. We'll wait on the Lord and listen. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so give our listeners just a little bit. As you guys start this company together, you guys each kind of come with a different background, as we all do, with our faith journeys and things like that. But I know you. You are all um, following Christ. And then you start this company, and you kind of have a decision to make. Like, are we going to be like a Christian company? Because I remember when you guys mm-hmm. were starting, it's like we're at churches. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're like in the gym, in the multi-purpose gym, and we're doing this. And then there was some weird, like, oh, you can't play that song You can't play that song because it said grind. And so you you had to really, and like, figure out, like, are we going to be a Christian company or Christians who have a company? Um, And so did your (laughs) faith journeys, just give our listeners, like, if we could just go through each of you, what would you say... um, maybe your understanding and upbringing of faith was just a snapshot and um, how that informed how you are implementing your faith into refit today as a company, but not a Christian company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I follow you. So yeah. So hi, I'm Angela, by the way, I think they're going to have to get used to different voices. They might. Oh, totally. They might. 
Um, yeah, so I grew up in a small town not too far from you, mm-hmm. Emily, East Texas, Northeast Texas, and I was probably, if you want to classify me, I was an unchurched person in East Texas, where most everybody there was was churched. churched. Um, so I found myself often being um, in transactional type settings. Oh, you got invited a lot, didn't oh, you? Oh, I did. <laughs> I was the community project. Mm. Um, lived next door to a youth pastor, and so I was invited a lot to different things, vacation Bible school. Um, yeah. So I think just it was, I was aware from an early age that everyone else belonged to some type of church home or organization. And so I think the, the, the dynamic that was set up in my mind was that I lack something, right? I lack something because everyone else has this church membership or they were baptized or they belong to this youth group. And I didn't have any of those things. Um, my mom was a non-practicing Buddhist. She was an immigrant to the U S when she was 19. And my dad was a non-practicing, um, pastor. He actually went to seminary, but when I was born, kind of walked away from the church. And so I think most of my spiritual formation came from my grandmother, the occasional times that we would visit with her, but Really learning about God and discovering who he was was sort of self-sourced or given to me out of a set of rules or behaviors or social norms. And so I think for me, like coming into Refit, I knew that what what I had experienced through well-intentioned people still made me feel Mm -hmm. like there was constantly something in my life that was lacking and almost that I would never attain until I did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really sensitive to the way that people share the gospel, the way that people use what I'll call gimmicks to get people into church or to free iPad. Right. If you come to the youth group, you'll be named, entered in a raffle. Yeah. Sink the half you, court shot and you get $50,000. Totally. Right. Right, um, because I was I was the person that was the recipient of a lot of those carrots that were dangled before me in exchange for some type of performance or behavior. Um, so yeah, I think that when we founded Refit, yes, we were teaching in a church, but even from the genesis of those classes, you know, our vision for what happened in that space because it was designed as an outreach. The people that came in. There weren't, on our parts anyway, there, there wasn't this overt gospel, sharing of the gospel, praying at the end, mm-hmm. trying to drive them to a Sunday school class or a life group or get them plugged in the church. We didn't really have that as part of our goal um, when we were in relationship and building community. And I think that's still true today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very careful with the way that we share our personal faith. And we know that a lot of people really wish that we were more overt, but we know full fully that we are doing what we've been called to do, which is just to love people well, and they will know us. They will know him by our, our love. That's 
Period. Says, says that the somewhere. We are one in the spirit. <laughs> we are one in the love. You know, we recorded that song. You did. We did, oh, we and did. It, it was kind. Of, we kind of put a sting sping, spin on it. A sting spin. Sting <laughs> spin. Sting the artist. That was on our sting. very first Brett and Emily album. Ooh, I need to listen to that. Oh, okay. Boy, it is really awesome. <laughs> goes, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think those will mysteriously go disappearing off Spotify <laughs> and iTunes within the next week. Um, Emily, I want to go to you because you had such the mm-hmm. opposite you were the one growing up because well, i know you but you we've were the one had up that joke totally before that i was the, the one saying come to my house on wednesday spend the okay. night at my house on saturday night we can go to sunday school together so um yes i did grow up in the church and am very very familiar with church language Um, with church behavior, everything that goes along with your classic Southern church behavior and culture. And I think I, I loved that growing up because it's all that I knew. And I think, you know, humans are wired to love familiar things. But there was always something inside of my spirit from a very, very young age that so deeply desired to to be with people who weren't like me. I wanted to actually start my own church <laughs> when I got older. Okay, and I, w- I want to know why. Okay, but what what is that about? Because when I went back and listened mm-hmm. to y'all's podcast, this is bugging me that she can't see my face too. I, I want to like hold. I want to hold the computer and turn it. Well, the the listeners don't know that. Okay. Hi. What what you don't know, listeners, is that I'm looking at Emily. Emily on is on satellite, and we can't fully see her. Or we can see her, but she can't fully see all of us. So I want to know when I listen to your story. I do think it's interesting because was there something in you that you always that you felt like an outsider? Did you feel like you didn't fit in the church, or fit in your family, or fit in your friend groups? Did you? Did you have that kind of outsider sense that no, made you want to build um, a community in fact the opposite the I have uh, <laughs> it's gonna sound well it's gonna sound the way it sounds I have never felt like I was out of place anywhere that I've been even if I was <laughs> e- even if I <laughs> yeah even if yeah, I I'm had the coolest no person in the room yes, <laughs> I nestle myself into wherever I am and have no problem being wherever I've put myself. So I, I felt like I was on the inside of the church. My parents were so, so deeply involved that, you know, I I almost kind of thought I ruled the roost around there. You know, like I, I, I did not feel on the outside, but what I think I've always been able to feel is when someone else feels on the outside and just paying attention to how people talked about church and listening to how they made assumptions about them not being able to belong or them not feeling like they fit the mold. I was very sensitive to that from a very early age that has most definitely carried into adulthood of just having a sensitivity of people discounting themselves in general. And so, you know, I was so comfortable in the church mm-hmm. that it was alarming that other people felt the opposite. 
and I needed to do something about that personally. Got it. To make that different for other people. Mm. Okay. That's a good perspective. Okay, Kathy, what about, yeah, your faith upbringing and, and where that's impacted refit? Well, it all started with George Michael. Mm. No, I'm just Scary. kidding. Scary. <laughs> just kidding. Gotta have, Gotta have faith. faith. That's yeah. right. That's, I, I mean, that's one Nicely of my... That or I want welcome. Yeah. One of the two. I was father thinking, figure. I was mm-hmm. thinking, I got to have faith, the faith, the faith. I was going that route. Uh, so, yeah, I think I didn't grow up in like a evangelical or like Southern Baptist home. Um, my mom was Episcopalian. My dad was, is Catholic. Uh, so more when I did go to church, when we did go to church, it was liturgical Mm -hmm. or traditional. Uh, I went to Episcopal school, so it's very drawn to like Mm -hmm. contemplative, reflective. Mm -hmm. I always felt like connection with God as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until college that the evangelical world slapped me in the face. Um, so, and, and prior to that, my senior year of high school went to a Baptist church and kind of, that's where I started, I would say understanding or walking with God a little Mm -hmm. bit more. But my parents are like, like Jesus, you know, like they really modeled life for me. So church wasn't, it didn't really matter so much. Like if I, we were going to church, you know, um, but they, my mom, I mean, I remember in kindergarten, she was like, you go be nice to the kid that no one talks to. And I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> you know, like yeah. she just, that, that's, that was always instilled in me from, from day one. And so I think it, it's not very, it's not religious as much as it is really just modeling and relationship. And yeah, I mean, college was a big spin to that. It was, hey, come to this thing and do this deal and go to this group and be this leader this quickly and pray this prayer <laughs> out loud and speak in tongues and prophesy and you know it was a big shift for me uh and it was really cool and loud i gotta be honest (laughs) so so again we're we're telling you go listen to their podcast um in the first episode you guys really break down what you just kind of did here but in a lot more detail and a a lot more hilarious stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't know <laughs> that you were at the level of spirituality that oh. you were. Oh, yes. I was the poster child, Brett. I did not realize For that like you were... For like charismatic, evangelical yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, woman? Like you were treasure hunting. Oh, I'm a charismatic. Around, yeah. Rolling around Target, I didn't, sharing Jesus <laughs> Wait, now. define rolling around. Walking or like literally rolling? Well, I don't know. I did, there's no rolling. How much power was in Target, I guess, at the moment? Kablam. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yes. It, I, and I still have, and I said this in the episode, I still have uh, respect and reverence and um, when I, uh, fondness when I look back at a lot of those moments because I encountered God in really watched a lot of people encounter God mm-hmm. uh, in ways that I never thought possible. And it's not necessarily a part of who, you know, my, the Christian culture I'm a part of today, but I, yeah, thoroughly can look, look back at that and smile. And I don't um, look back at it with a bad taste in my mouth That's necessarily. Awesome. 
Um, but yeah, I've Benny Hinn, the whole thing. Been there, yeah. done that, bought the t-shirt. Amazing. I think for Catherine, just because when I met her, when we first became friends, she was like fully immersed. Like I call her church girl. You know, that's who she was. And that's how I first came to know her. But now with the perspective I have 10 years in, you're, you're just open hearted. Mm-hmm. And I think so with that, it allows you to experience everything and anything fully without reservation. And so I, I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like even now with whatever your spiritual journey looks like in this season, it's not less than or more than mm-hmm. it's just that same level of open heartedness and curiosity. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think there's yeah. a, a hunger and a curiosity. Angela, yeah. what I found fun in, in y'all's first episode was just hearing you tell the stories um, from, you, you know, you being the invitee to everything, mm-hmm. experiencing the hyper spiritual person and just listening through your lens was fantastic <laughs> and the, like the bit on and it's, I say bit like it's a comedy bit but like the when you talked about waiting on God let's just wait on God I almost peed my pants <laughs> and part of it's because Emily and I uh, come from a charismatic tradition as well I mean in the midst Not of leading from it but well but, but we were college, in it a we lot it, and yeah. we led worship in it a lot I mean yeah. I could tell you a hilarious story we we're on our way back from um event and we stopped at a McDonald's and there was a youth group like charismatic youth group that had just been and like they'd been in the fire like, oh, yeah. in revival in Brownsville like it's when that was going on no yeah they had been there they walked Oof. they walked yeah. over to us to treasure hunt us and and just no. I forget, they were like what do you do and I said well, we're worship leaders and half of them fell on the ground <laughs> When we just said worship, I was like, what? Get up. What's going on? And they're like, oh, the power. The power's just all over you. And I'm like, we're just going to get some cheeseburgers, bro. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. This is an aside. It was one of the first times uh, we hung out. Emily, I think you were there. We were at um, a China Spring football game, maybe. Okay. Anyway, one of my friends from my previous, one of my previous ministries, churches I was a part of, saw me and you you came around the corner and I was like oh hey new friend Angela hello charismaniac other person (laughs) and so I'm like not knowing who to negotiate like who to talk to because I'm feeling socially a little like oh no this is two worlds that are about to collide and this friend looked at me and he's probably like eight feet from me he goes whoa whoa the presence of God is whoa it's all over you whoa and he is like (laughs) he is talking about you yes yeah he is like about to fall out and then you're like eight feet in the other direction and I'm I'm like like, no 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 New friend. It's like I have appendicitis. He's yeah. bending oh in half. What's right. going on? <laughs> and I just was like, I don't, I don't know how to navigate this. So oh weird. Gosh. Like sometimes, like Christian world is weird. Yeah, that makes it odd. So that's what's not going to happen if they come to refit, huh? Like they're not going to. If they're falling out, it's going to be because they're out of breath. And totally right. Yeah, right. and just dance to their way to. <laughs> so so on. With Refit and you guys traveling around, you are um, you do instructor trainings. You go to different conferences. People mm-hmm. can hire you guys to come in and train their companies, and that's kind of the setup of this story that we want to get into. And you guys have been invited to a very overtly Christian company's uh, training. You were invited to come in and kind of hype up the audience and to kind of give their employees and maybe potential 
you know, a business partnership to collaborate mm-hmm. with them, which would have, this was at the beginning, kind of ground zero. Yeah. So you guys are like hungry for like new connections and new partnerships to grow refit. And so here you are like training these employees, like however many hundred of employees there. And there is a man there and we'll call him right now. Cause you guys do, what do y'all call him? <laughs> Bon, bon Guava. Bon Guava. Which can I just say right now from the get-go, <laughs> that is the dumbest ass name I have ever You're welcome. heard. And it makes me mad every time I hear it. I wish you would just call him like Don Johnson or something. <laughs> but anyways, I just had to get that off but my chest because it's bothered me. Brett, bon. He doesn't deserve bon any name bon other bon. than Bon Guava. Okay. Like the... The dumber the name, the more accurate the fit. Well, well, that well, touche. I will give you that, and I also have. I need to pick something with you, Beeler, Angela. Yes. Um, you don't know what a guava is. You didn't know if it was a juice or a fruit, and you didn't know if you drank it. Or I feel it. like listeners might also be confused. It's about a guava. This. It's on the plate. It's like papaya. Okay, I was clear on papaya. Guava, I felt like I've seen smoothies with guava juice. So that's what <laughs> that was, was my question. Like was juice. Yeah. juice that didn't come from a fruit. Just, come from water just, <laughs> just like a... It just happened. Manufactured <laughs> juice. <laughs> it was funny. It's like a hybrid. Guava is a combination but of I, orange and mango. Yeah, yeah. like a made-up. Well, I mean, I'm so just going to keep is, making fun of oh, the go guava ahead, Go ahead, go ahead. Were you going to say something? My favorite part is that <laughs> the question was asked at the first recording, was, and then part two of our episode <laughs> still weren't sure if guava was a fruit. We had <laughs> it made it in both episodes. <laughs> the the eternal question, and now this one, yeah, still is not resolved in my mind. <laughs> it's I, a fruit. I, I think it's I think it's committed to Suddenly. my heart now. I yeah. Love it. So who is Bon? Who is this guy? And give us a snapshot of what then happens. Yeah, so you did a good job setting up the scene. That Everything that Emily just recapped is true. We were brought in by a, a company to be part of their training of the new employees that they had hired. We were going to do like some physical activity, warm up the crowd kind of thing. And also form a partnership with this company to provide some content. And I want to be clear that your company, because you didn't totally define this, but it's dance fitness. Mm-hmm. So you, so Refit is a dance fitness company. So when you say warm up the crowd, you're just not doing stretches. You're doing right. really choreographed movement mm-hmm. to music. Yeah. And, and so we, you're hyping up. It's fun. Yeah. It's and fun our experience. spin is kind of... Pow- uh, powerful moves and positive music. Love so it. it's the, like TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, some. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not all of them. No. <laughs> so yeah, so this company was a an overt Christian company. You right. can go to their website and see a lot of their you know statement of faith and things like that. Um, and they're a company that reaches families. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. So they they were interested in our content because of at the time we were producing some. Uh, workouts to Christian music, mm-hmm. um, but they were also just interested in some of our, you know, uh, positive messaging. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Christian, because their uh, business is for anyone, yes, faith or no faith. Um, so they kind of they like, have several franchises. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like a pretty big, well-known company. Yes, yeah. 
So they brought us in to help hype the crowd up. And part of their proposal was that we were going to be developing some content for them. But when we got there to this conference, the the our contact said that there was a person, Bon, who was interested in meeting us. Mm-hmm. Um, bon was the spiritual advisor. Do you think that's... Yeah, the... Consultant, spiritual mm-hmm. consultant to the CEO. Uh, I will just simply say I have reviewed his Twitter <laughs> profile and he is a kingdom coach. Okay. Yeah. If you want his title, he is a kingdom coach, whatever that is. Okay, I don't so like that. a company chaplain. So uh, we we ended up meeting with Bon based on his request to meet with us. And we were excited. We were three girls back then. We were hopeful for any kind of partnerships or collaborations, you know, because we, it was an expensive hobby at the time. And we're, it was a business that we were trying to get up and off the ground. And so we were, of course, looking for anything that might help us grow a little more quickly or someone who's done what we've done in a similar space and could give us some connections or tips or tricks or wisdom or whatever. And so we met, we met, Bon. Mm-hmm. And so, Emily, I want you to take us to this setting because you know this setting really well. So tell us where you were and where you met with Bon. Well, after we came off stage, then I think there was a couple other parts still of the celebration, whatever it was for the employees and staff. And whenever he got off stage, then I think, Cappy, you were approached by someone that said, you know, Bon Guava would like to meet with you now. And, you know, I don't think we were necessarily expecting that quick of a meeting time. And so, you know, we kind of quickly gather our nerves and, you know, not sure what kind of questions he's going to ask. He was showing a lot of interest in the business. And so as our minds are, are turning of what, what and where this opportunity might lead to, um, you know, we just kind of blindly go down to where we were going to meet with him. Um, and I think it's important to, to call out what was in our minds, because like I said, in our first recalling of this, the, the thought process of paying attention to where we were going, what it felt like, all of that was kind of on the perimeter of our thoughts because we were consumed by the potential of this really important business meeting that we were going into. So it wasn't until hindsight, looking back, recognizing the oddity of walking far away from the auditorium, down the hall, into a vacant cafeteria. We were actually at my old high school, which is a very large building. Um, and the cafeteria was very far away from our original destination. And it was just dark. Like it just seemed eerie. Now looking back, it seemed isolated and primed for private discussion. Um, okay. So had you guys at this point, had you already been on stage? Like, it sounds like this Bon Guava character, there's like a mystery about him or something. Like everybody's, I would say he was like the keynote speaker. He was like the guy that they brought in to speak at their hype up event. Okay, And so he was like, 
welcome to the big show. Got that, it. You are the big show, Bon Guava. Okay. So, yeah, and he was definitely like a an authority. A he he seemed to possess like secrets or mastery over things. You know, he he spoke like you know he had done all this stuff, and yeah, I mean that was a lot of what he talked about in his little keynote session was all his accomplishments, and so so he's captivating. He's charismatic. He's mm-hmm. older. Yes, mm-hmm. seasoned. Um, he's handsome. Mm-hmm. Ish, yeah. Maybe. He's not bad looking. He's for not an bad older looking. Man. Yeah. There's a paternal quality mm-hmm. to him. He possesses wisdom, and he's definitely confident. Yeah, yeah. And he has the life to prove it. You know, it's it's almost like you get you know you see those MLM or those different things that are like, mm-hmm. do you want to drive a hundred thousand dollar car? Well, I did too when I was twenty, mm-hmm. and I've done X, Y, and Z. And if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get this car. That that is kind of the the vibe you got Mm. Mm -hmm. is that fair yeah and i want to clarify older i would say he was probably mid 50s Mm -hmm. yeah you know the old 50s don't sound quite as older (laughs) as they used to sound (laughs) that's not that's not too long from now (laughs) so so he has this power he has this authority he is being paid to come in and and teach and now he's really interested in you guys and there is a power differential there mm-hmm. because you guys aren't um, where he is or where he appears to be. Mm-hmm. You need something from him. I mean, in terms of connections or wisdom or whatever, and everybody's kind of talking him up like, Oh, you got to meet Bong Guava is so interested in you guys. Mm-hmm. Like he can't wait to meet with you. And so it's kind of this like anticipatory thing. And then you're being led from the main auditorium. Well, Angela, didn't he come up to us? I remember him yes. sitting at you, our you like yeah. knees. He was introduced to us initially. Yeah. Know, and we briefly met him. And yes, he was very charismatic and smooth. Yeah. And he put paternal. He, for he sure. put your hand, he put his hand oh, on your knees. knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quoted scripture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And he, the whole meeting was set up under the guise of, you know, I want to meet with you about your business. Uh-huh. I want to talk to you about, about your business. Learn more about you guys. Learn more about your business, what you do, what I do. Mm-hmm. So the framework that we all walked into, I mean, we it was very overt in our minds anyway, yeah. that it was going to be a business discussion. Yeah. So you get led into the now cafeteria and which is miles away from any other civilization <laughs> from and where it's the summer so happen. the whole school is shut, shut down, down. Shut down. So, so there's chairs put up tables yeah. put up and there's like maybe a table or two that you guys sit mm-hmm. at in the very right middle of a dark lit yeah. and then what happens what is he how does he start this conversation about your business well it's just him right there's no assistant with him no it's him and you yeah. three Okay. Yes, and we're at a cafeteria table, and so just again to kind of mm-hmm. uh, illustrate yeah, the setting. power position, uh-huh. he's on one side, and we're on we're three on the other side. Okay. So it's almost like a, a, a there's meeting. a barrier. Yeah, there's yeah. a barrier between you guys, a divide. Okay, so how does he start this business meeting? He did ask if he could open in prayer. Okay. Um, and told us that he was going to take notes on a notepad. He had a yellow legal pad with a pen. And he just said that, you know, it was kind of casual. It almost felt like in hindsight that 
it was a spontaneous thing to pray. He was very, I remember his hands like kind of uh, circling about his face and saying, I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit will tell me things, will, will give me highlights um, as we're talking. So I just want to pray over this, invite him in, and then I'll be taking some notes. And I want to stop mm. you right there. Even in, even in that phraseology, we're already setting up a differential. That right. I and, and I say this having experienced that as well, but also having done it mm-hmm. in, in my own ministry world. It sets up, it's unintentional. Like I don't think you, I don't think most people set out to that, but it automatically creates, I'm going to hear things from God that, that you, you can't, can't hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you're not capable of hearing. You're not capable. You're not as close to God. You don't have the authority that I have, but I'm going to hear things on your behalf, and then I'm going to tell, I'm going to impart them to you. Mm-hmm. And that is dangerous mm-hmm. because we all have the capacity through Jesus to hear the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. In the same way, in the same power, it may sound different, but... For, for me to say that I'm going to hear God on your behalf and you don't get to hear it, but except through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Okay. Wish so, we'd had you with us back then. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, okay. So then he starts, what? What, is, what does he start asking? Who does he start with? What's he? Well, he said, I, I have this n- notebook paper here and I'm going to draw on it. There'll be moments I draw on it. I'm going to write things down. And that was very vivid to me. I'm like, draw? What are you drawing? Like mm. stick figures, you know? <laughs> and it was like swirls and different things. And so... There used to be some psychic a long time ago that... Or maybe now. The medium. They, yeah, where they just circle and scribble. And that's how... It felt like that. <laughs> like something was happening as he was pinning to paper mm. that was inviting the Holy Spirit to talk directly to him. So he just started in first with me asking just kind of personal questions. Uh, I would say for me, they were initially surface, you know, tell me about your, your testimony. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my, I've, I've done that a hundred thousand times. And so in a way I kind of knew what to say to him or what he wanted in that moment. And you were also a church girl, so you really had a great testimony. It wasn't sure. that you were making it up or no. making it better. It just was a really good testimony. Angela, yeah, well, everyone has a good testimony. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't churched initially in his view. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my experience with God in church as a child wasn't substantial enough until high school when I started walking with God. And then now, you know, at the time, it was like, wow, you're... You're really on fire. You're real, yeah, yeah. You're ablaze currently. Yeah. yeah. So, and you gave him, and you said this in the podcast. You gave him what he wanted. Yep. And you kind of even knew. Oh, I know what he's after. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting was that using vibe the language. from him. He's, he's using, using the, the same language, charismatic a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're like, I got this. Like I know yeah. what to do. And then he moves on to who? He moves to on to Emily. Yeah. Emily. And what happens with you? So after. Catherine's Q and A. Um, it still seemed like at the time he was just wanting to get to know each one of us, so then we could get on to talking about the business. But um, I think it was during his uh, interest in my story that we quickly realized that he—not even quickly—it 
it unraveled kind of right before us that he was beginning to insert himself on a much deeper, more personal level. Um, what started off with, tell me about your testimony. Um, I unbeknowingly gave him any thing to clamp down on, um, but he found it anyway. Um, I think just with where I was in life, I had um, kind of a distaste for the formula or for all the church language. You know, I was trying to like really establish my own independent faith and um, was somewhat newly married. And a lot of that adult formation was happening. I was fairly young when we got married. I mean, I was 21, maybe almost 22. Um, at the time of this conversation, I was maybe 24, uh, roughly. So I was still, gosh, when I look back now, I mean, I was like child, you know, in my (laughs) young adulthood. And, um, I think something about the way I was answering gave him the impression that I had questions to be answered, even if that wasn't the case. Um, What he was witnessing from the conversation was a young woman, (laughs) newly married, in a marriage that uh, had potential for, in his mind, weakness or uh, struggle just based on my husband's upbringing, my upbringing, and where we currently were with our lack of church home. And he he then prayed on that. Um, he began asking very personal mm-hmm. questions about our relationship, both the formation of our relationship before marriage, now that we were married, what our roles were, Um, And he came into it with pretty strong ideas of what it was supposed to look like. And the way our marriage looked didn't line up with how he believed it should have looked. So there was a lot of um, judgment and condemnation in his response to my story. Okay, we are going to stop right here because this seems like the right place to stop. This is going to be a two-part episode. And I really hope that you'll join us in the next conversation. I can tell you that it dives deep very quickly. And so I hope you'll join us. I hope that you will also remember to share the love. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.